Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. So people got tats at the reception, but then you also went out on Broadway after. Yeah, we did. What was, like, the the best hot spot? I couldn't you- tell you. <laughs> I have no idea. And neither does my wife. It was the worst hangover I'd ever had the next day. Uh. The day after my wedding was the worst day of my life. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Hardy. This is Luke Combs. We are Old Dominion. Hey, everybody. It's Cole Swindell. And I'm Mickey Guyton. Country Heat Weekly starts now. Hello, friends. Thanks for checking out Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans all over the world. I'm Amber Anderson. And I'm Kelly Sutton. We're in Nashville, and we check in each week to share the latest news and hottest tracks in country music. And we've brought friends, (laughs) so many friends, (laughs) on the pod this week. Hardy is our center stage guest. We'll be talking to him about his stellar new album, The Mockingbird and the Crow. Now, The Mockingbird half of the album is country. The crow half is straight up rock. So we're going to dig into the lyrics of songs like Here Lies Country Music and then get to the bottom of what Hardy sees for his future in the genre. Plus, we'll get to know another breakthrough artist to watch for 2023. His name is Warren Ziders. Now, we have a lot of artists who played football and baseball in college, Mm -hmm. but Warren may be the first lacrosse player we've interviewed. I kind of love this. I do too. Now, he may be new to the scene, but this year, he's crossing something off his bucket list that a lot of artists who've been at this for years have yet to do. Before we get to that, though, we've got some clips to share from your recent chats with L. King and Tyler Hubbard, both of whom will release new albums this Friday. That's right. I can't wait to share them with you. Okay, let's head into the kitchen to see what's cooking in country music. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Last week, Shay Mooney of Dan and Shay and his wife Hannah welcomed their third child, another baby boy. His name is Abram. He was born on January 17th, and he looks like he's as sweet as can be. Shay and Hannah are officially outnumbered now. Five-year-old Asher and two-year-old Ames have already started this basketball team that they're working on. (laughs) I don't know if you saw the video or not, but oh my gosh, it is so precious. So sweet little Abram is sleeping peacefully on dad's chest, and Shay was singing the song, When I Pray For You. It was the song that he and Dan did for the movie The Shack. Yes, I saw that video. How sweet. sweet. Congratulations to the whole family. So we've got two big country music albums dropping this week, one from Elle King and one from Tyler Hubbard. Elle's project, Come Get Your Wife, is one we talked to her about when she was on the podcast last fall. 
but you interviewed her again recently for Country Heat and DJ Mode. I did. Now, of course, Elle has a lot of success in the pop world. We know that. But she told me her first country project had a lot of intentionality behind it. This has been a completely different experience for me. It's not that I haven't cared about any other album or any record I've ever made. This has just been so different for me as a woman, as a person, as an artist, as a musician, as a producer, songwriter, all of it. I just really wanted it to be me. And if I'm going to put out an album in a different genre, it's going to be me. Okay, I want to hear more. So when can we all hear this chat? <laughs> well, Elle is taking over the week of January 27th. So you can find it on the Amazon Music app, or you can just ask Alexa, play Country Heat in DJ mode. The other project dropping this week is Tyler Hubbard, formerly of Florida Georgia Lines, debut solo project. He did the podcast with us last summer when he released his first song, Five Foot Nine, but now he's got a full album with 18 songs. That's a lot of music. I would say I probably started with over 100 songs technically, and then, you know, you can cut that in half pretty quickly. And then, yeah, I remember having 30 that was like, they were all really good songs that I really love. And then trying to really figure out, okay, What's most important to to make this a complete project and to tell my story in somewhat of a complete fashion? And there's many different sides of who I am, and I knew I wanted to keep keep it a country record and just really keep it me. Got any predictions for whose album will outsell whose, Tyler or Elle? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> I can tell you that we have great conversations with both artists in the archive. We have a lot of early scoop on both of those albums. So you can search out for those conversations in the Country Heat Weekly episode guide. And make sure you're following the podcast so you always are the first to know all the sweet tea we spill. Hardy is on the cover of our Country Heat playlist this week, but interestingly, he kicks off the collection with a song from the rock side of his new album. Okay, but it's called Truck Bed, so it sounds like it should be a country song. I mean, lyrically, it fits. We will get to know Rock and Roll Hardy a bit better in just a few minutes. What else are you loving on the playlist this week, Kelly? Probably the same song that you are. Jordan Davis, Next Thing You Know. Next thing you know, you're saving money like never before. Just spend it all at a jewelry store. Getting down on one knee on a mama's post. Just pray she don't say no. So you went to a private listening party for his upcoming album last week. Spill yes. the tea. Yes. It was at the Bluebird Cafe. I mean, that was perfect. The name of the album is Bluebird Days. He talked a little bit just about what this album means to him coming off of getting Song of the Year at CMA Awards for By Dirt and kind of building on that, the pressure he was feeling to kind of follow that up. He talked a lot about how this album really symbolizes growth for him in his personal life and his professional life. And also, I uh, love that he said it is kind of representative of like a past, present, and future outlook of giving a look back at where he's been, kind of the appreciation for where he is now and having, you know, five consecutive number ones and all these great things happening for him and then all the things coming in the future. So it was such a great night. We got to hear most of the album played live. They left a few out, but 
It was a really great evening. Oh, Bluebird Days is going to be released February 17th, and he is also on the lineup for a Country Heat and DJ Mode takeover. Well, you know, I'll be listening. And finally, let's shine a little light on rising star Ashley Cook, whose new song, It's Been a Year, applies to a lot of different situations. I've kept my head down grinding, just looked up and realized it. It's been a year. I just love how raw and gritty the production is on this one. She's touring Canada next week and into February. So everyone listening north of the border needs to go check her out. From rising stars like Ashley to superstars, including Sam Hunt, Blake Shelton, and Kelsey Ballerini, the hottest tracks in country are streaming on the Country Heat playlist, heard exclusively on Amazon Music. We've got a sports quote for you in our weekly game of Who Said That? Okay, this is all you, Amber. You read the quote. Everyone at home can make their guesses as to who said that. Okay, this week's quote is, I gotta go with the birds. I'm going Eagles Chiefs. Make your guess as to who said that. And then when we come back from the break, we'll play the audio to see if you were right. Hey, everyone, this is Carrie Underwood. I'm Dirk Bentley. This is Dustin Lynch. And I'm Bailey Zimmerman. Don't go anywhere, y'all. This is Kelsey Ballerini, and we'll be right back with more Country Heat Weekly. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. Mm, I got to go with the birds. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going Eagles, Chiefs. Freeland! <laughs> I knew it. Now, even I know that Freeland is an Eagles fan. But we asked him for a Super Bowl prediction back in early December when he was a guest on the podcast. Are all of those teams still in contention, Amber? Yes, they are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Breland can add psychic to his resume. Big Loud recording artist Hardy is about to join us center stage. The reigning ACM Songwriter of the Year is a Mississippi native who wrote his first song at just 17 years old. So far, he's scored 12 number one hits as a songwriter for artists like Florida Georgia Line, Blake Shelton, and Morgan Wallen. And he's in the credits for the song Carrie Underwood has climbing the chart right now, Ate My Heart. Plus, he has two number one hits as an artist. 
both collaborations. Most recently, the CMA nominated Beers on Me with Dirk Bentley and Breland. And before that, the double platinum One Beer featuring Lauren Elena and Devin Dawson. Are we sensing a theme here? Hardy has joined us in the Country Heat Weekly studios. So first things first, how's married life? It is very good. She makes it very easy and we're excited. We got our home. Uh, we got our honeymoon out of the way and it's it's great. So we're going to set this up for people who haven't heard the album yet. The project, The Mockingbird and the Crow, mm-hmm. starts out country. We've got the first eight tracks. This is like the rednecker Hardy that we all know and love. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the title track, which we think is a country song. And then it transitions into a full-blown rock song. (laughs) And then the rest of the album just rocks so hard and, you know, rocks your face off. Yeah. So tell us about rock and roll, Hardy. Uh, Okay. It was always there. I mean, I, and you guys know, I mean, there's been such a huge rock influence throughout my music. I mean, the first four songs I put out Rednecker, Throwback, This Little Boy, and 4x4. And 4x4 kind of was a really big foreshadowing song. But I've always had an element of rock, and I just, uh, this time I've just decided to accept who I am and, and really lean into it, and it seems to be going well. I'm very thankful everybody is is receiving it uh, the way that I wanted. You know? Yes. I, You're a natural. So <laughs> I mean, it right. just, like, sonically, it just, it works so well. <laughs> We've been texting. Yeah. (laughs) We were like, we've been texting about it. We were listening to it, hair and makeup today. Like, we just love it so much. So, as far as influences go, like, which rock artists have influenced you in the past and which are still influencing you now? I was a kid, a child in the 90s. I was a teenager in the early 2000s. And so that was kind of the the music that really influenced me. And so that was like uh, Three Doors Down, Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, Puddle of Mud. Uh, stained, all the post grunge stuff, Foo Fighters and uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, the list goes on and on. But that era of music was my bread and butter for kind of carving out my my sound. I guess you would say. Ugh, such a good era of music. I know it's the best. <laughs> so, for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to focus on the first half of the album. And like everybody, we are obsessed with "Wait in the Truck." So, first of all, take us back to the day that it was written. Like, okay, what was that right like? So, Hunter Phelps and I, who's he's Hunter is a very successful songwriter. He and I uh, had come up with that idea, and so we had we had been sitting on that title for a long time. And at first, we wanted to write the song and make it kind of like I'm going to go kick this guy's ass. You wait right here and. That was kind of how we wanted to write it. And at first, we didn't want to kill a guy. You know what I mean? And and we got in the room that day uh, with Jordan Schmidt, and we honestly went through like 10 ideas and nothing stuck to the wall that day. And so we were like, well, what about this weight in the truck idea? And I started playing this thing on the guitar, and we all were like, man, what if we just kind of went for it? And we really, you know, we all we all admire Old Red, the song Old Red, and, and like other, like uh, the night the lights went out in Georgia. Oh. Um I just the list goes on and on, but uh, and and so we just decided to really go for it that day, and 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 truly, it 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 just fell out of us, and and um, I mean it was it was like a supernatural or a god thing. I mean, it truly, I don't even remember the process of writing the song. It fell out of us. I do remember 
um, I threw out the line, uh, smoking a cigarette and waited for the cops to come. And Hunter said, no, smoking one of his cigarettes. Yes! And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And we like jumped up and down. And But the, the moment that I remember, and I hope that this doesn't come off cocky because I truly mean it that it was like, a, it was something, a power beyond any of our like capabilities was Jordan sent the demo that night. And he, Jordan's a writer, but a producer writer too. So he does tracks and all that. And he produced the the demo. He texted us and said, okay, here it comes, get ready. And so he sent it to us and I was with Callie and I said, hold on, I got to put my headphones in. I put my headphones in and I listened and something just like came over me and I just started like weeping, crying, which I don't do a whole lot. And she, I took the headphones out and she was like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and I just said, man, I think this song is really powerful and, and I'm just very thankful to be a part of this song and like it has a lot of power and I've never had a song, especially that I've written, like have had that reaction. Um, and so I texted Jordan and Hunter and I said, man, I just cried for some reason. And they were like, I did too. But I think we were all just really proud of what we had done that day and just all thankful to be in the room when just it happened. And and it was a combination of that and knowing how much uh, it was going to help people maybe hopefully work through trauma and stuff like that. And anyway, it was just a really, really cool moment. I'm really proud of that one. When did you know it was going to be Lainey? Like, at what point did somebody say, hey, you know who'd be great on this? Or was it you? I mean, at one point, I think it was. I mean, you know, from a business standpoint, we we sat down and we were like, okay, who who can it be? And, and I remember I was in Joey's studio and I was with Seth England, my manager, and Joey, my producer. And I said, I'm going to send it to Lainey right now. And they were like, do it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And so I sent it to her. And I just, I, I was like, man, Lainey is, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but Lainey is that character. She is that, not the girl that got beat up, but like she is so, her voice is so believable and like just can play that character and get into that character more than anybody else I know. And and, and at the end of the day, that's what you want is for people to believe the voice that's singing the story. And and she she was always the one, I mean, truly. Well, another one everyone's talking about is Here Lies Country Music. Oh, yeah. Which is not the death sentence that the title implies. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in this one. So what do you want the takeaway of this song to be? Man, I know this is cliche, but any anything anything anybody wants to think about it is is completely fine with me. But I, I on a more serious note, I think just getting in the feels of how sad it would be if there were a world that made it to where you couldn't write country songs anymore. Yeah, Just all the things that the chorus says and and uh, just so that people can really appreciate country music and everything that, you know, the lifestyle that, that comes with um, country music, I think, is the biggest takeaway I would hope for people to get from this. Yeah. Beer doesn't get you drunk anymore. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Which I know some people that have to drink a lot of beer to, to get drunk, but yes, exactly. Okay, so when I listened to Drink One For Me, I couldn't help but wonder if this is like the flip side or maybe the answer to Give Heaven Some Hell. It's the perspective of uh, Give Heaven Some Hell from the guy that died. Okay, pretty much, okay. pretty much what we were going for. Hide your beer, hide your clear from a man upstairs. Crank it loud, hold it down till I get there. I hate to tell you, but they ain't got beer in heaven. So boys, when you drink one. So 
did you walk into the write that day with that in mind or did it just start happening and you're like, you know what, if we put it this way? It kind of, uh, first, that was Hunter Phelps' idea. Like that was his title. And uh, he had two different ways to write it. And one was, I just fell in love with a girl, so I'm hanging out with her and I'm not going to the bar. Uh, so drink one for me. And then he was like, but I also had this idea where it's from a guy that died. And 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 I was like, that one for sure. And no, immediately, because uh, I wrote Give Heaven Some Hell with Hunter as well. And then we wrote Drink One uh, for me with David Garcia as well. But we all we were like, dude, this is literally Give Heaven Some Hell, but backwards where the guy in heaven is talking to his crew as opposed to, uh, yeah. But no, you're not crazy. That That was definitely the idea. <laughs> Good. So was the timing, like, how far apart from the rights did those happen? Do you know? Oh, Give Heaven Some Hell was, like, 2019. Okay. And this okay. was uh, 2022. Okay. So pretty far. Got it. Yeah. Another really powerful song is Screen. Oh, yeah. Love that song. Thank you. Who is the target audience for this one? Kids. You gotta look on up for it's gone. Damn if we ain't fixed on a good for nothing cell phone screen. Kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I say that as a joke, but man, anybody. I mean, I'm my, I'm guilty of all of this stuff that it talks about in the song, and and everybody is truly. I mean, I hope that it, you know, it it hasn't come off uh, preachy or finger pointy, but more of just like a wake up call every now and then to maybe take a look around because there's a lot of beauty. You know that's that's not on your phone, and I'm I'm the world's worst at it. And I try, I try to keep myself in check. If like if we're going down the road, if we're on the bus, you know, anywhere, and I try to t- constantly tell myself like turn your phone off and look around, kind of thing. But um, I feel like that song has even helped me just from a like a hypocrisy standpoint of like, you know, you're the one out here singing the song, so you better not get caught <laughs> staring at your phone all the time. But we'll see. It's going to keep you in check. Is there something that you scroll more than any other? Instagram. Okay. That's the only thing I'm on okay. ever. I don't, I'm not on. Instagram and the ESPN app is like the only two things I do. Okay. That one gets me too. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Mockingbird and the Crow. Because this is the sleeper that we were like, what? <laughs> the beginning is very autobiographical, mm-hmm. Southern upbringing, um, detailing your life as the Mockingbird. Mm-hmm singing songs that sound like other songs you've heard. Mm-hmm. I loved that line. Mm-hmm. How did that make you feel when you were writing it? And did you really have those feelings when you were younger? Like, I'm just, I'm mimicking what I hear. Yeah, and I think that that is kind of a uh, touching on me as a songwriter because, like, if I sit down, if I'm not in a record cycle where I'm writing for my own record, like, I turn that brain off and I'm writing for the radio again and there's this, and when you're writing for the radio, you're trying to sound like other songs on the radio because that's the point. And of course, like some some songs break through, like like God's Country or whatever. But then you know, there's there's definitely some hits and songs that I have that sound like they're just radio songs, and they sound like other songs that you hear on the radio. And that's kind of where that that came from. But uh, yeah, I definitely feel like that's true, especially for like the songwriter side of, of me. Mockingbird with a microphone. Okay, so then you bust out of the confines. You kind of give the middle finger to the country system, and then you become the crow. Yeah. And the rest of the album from there on out is rock, straight Mm -hmm. rock. So what does this mean for Hardy? I honestly don't have a plan. Um, 
And I would never, the one thing I will say is I'm not, I see a lot of comments and questions. I'm not, I'm not like leaving country music by any means. I'll never do that. I love it. I mean, I could, the next record I put out could be the countryest thing I've ever done. I I honestly don't know. But um, for now, I just, I don't know. This is what I wanted to do. And this is the music I wanted to make. And and, um, I honestly just have no idea. I'm going to keep doing like rock and roll and I'm going to keep doing country, but I might do something different next. I might only do one or only do the other next, but I will say I will always come back to country and I will always be a country artist and write country music because it's my first love. And, and, uh, as far as, you know, Nashville, I, I, I moved here to write country songs and I will always do that. It's a part of who I am. So I'm not denouncing country music <laughs> by any means. Well, we love that we got the rock. Yeah. I, I love it. So the Mockingbird and the Crow tour. How do you, what does the set list look like? Is it going to kind of mirror what we'll see I think on the album or? 14, man, maybe 15 of the 17 songs are in the new set. Okay. And I can't even tell you which ones, which are the two that are out. I can't, I can't remember. But, and, and more than likely we'll end up adding them in there. Yeah, I, I, we're playing, we're scratching a lot of old stuff and we're going to play a lot of new stuff uh, coming up, so. So is it like country song, rock song, or is it all country and then you take a break and then come back? No, there's just an even flow of 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 everything okay. and, and a little bit of push and pull. And we'll, we'll come in hot. We'll kind of, uh, you know, slow it down in the middle and then we'll come back in, I think, hot towards the end. But it's, it's the most dynamic show that we've ever had. And uh, I'm very, very excited to see all the reactions and to playing new songs is the most refreshing thing ever, especially when you haven't put out a record in, in two and a half years. And uh, and you're quite frankly kind of tired of playing some of the stuff that the old stuff, and it sounds bad, but I, everybody goes through it. And so I'm really stoked to just see people play the new stuff and be excited for the new stuff because I definitely am. Well, we love songwriters here, and you are the reigning songwriter of the year for so many different organizations. <laughs> we can't even count. <laughs> We're losing track at this point. <laughs> How often do you write? Now that you are doing the artist thing, do you make it? a specific point? Are you still writing for other artists? What's that look like? So now that my record is done, I will shut off my artist brain, which my manager probably hates hearing this, but it's, it's, it's what we all signed up for, you know? For a couple, like a year and a half. And, and I will truly get back to writing songs for other people. I treat both careers as like I have two jobs and I tour on the weekends and I do stuff throughout the week, like, you know, artist stuff, if you will. But I try to write Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every week, if I can. So, and and a lot for other people. I've, I've been writing a lot with like Cole Swindell and Dirks and, and uh, just always trying to, you know, keep those artist connections on the songwriting end because I love, I love writing songs for other people and I'm competitive. So I want to be, I want to have more cuts than anybody else. It's like, it's just there a thing. it is. <laughs> well, I mean, let's write down the list. You got uh, cuts with Florida Georgia Line, Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton, Dallas Smith, Diplo. <laughs> who's on the, who's on the dream board that you would want? to have cut one of your songs? I I still don't have a Kenny Chesney cut or a Tim McGraw cut. Or a Luke Bryan cut, Luke. What's what the hell? That about? Come on, Luke. Or Jason Aldean. So those there's like four, but 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 uh I just have a good feeling that I'll, I'll like the Luke and Jason thing will happen. But I don't I don't really have any connection with Kenny or Tim. Like I don't know those guys. I don't have their phone numbers or anything like that. So I, I really uh I'm I'm trying hard to get one of those because I and they're they're both like huge legacy acts and would love to get uh, a cut with either one of those guys. So that's that's what I'm really trying to go for. So that's good to put on the dream board. I know. 
Listen, we know that you're a super busy guy. Thank you for coming by and spending time with us on Country Heat Weekly. Absolutely. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Good to see you. At the beginning of the year, Amazon Music unveiled their breakthrough artists to watch for 2023. Seven country music artists they have their eye on. A common thread among several of them is that they found TikTok fame during the pandemic. That's true for Warren Ziders, a lacrosse athlete who had previously only sung in church and around campfires. After gaining a following posting covers, Warren's internet fame skyrocketed with the original song, Ride the Lightning, which gained millions of views and built the foundation for a loyal fan base. Singing out when they call me on. Warren spent some time recently doing a video shoot in the Country Heat House. And of course, our microphones were listening in like a fly on the wall. What's going on, y'all? I'm Warren Ziders, and I'm an Amazon Music Breakthrough Artist to Watch. Born and raised in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was an athlete prior to taking on this, uh, this career in country music. My music was shaped where... I grew up originally in Duncan, Pennsylvania, behind my grandparents, um, just kind of growing up in that lifestyle, constantly being, whether I'm in a combine or I'm with my grandfather and hunting and just working in a garage with him while he's working on cars and stuff. I think all those things have played a role into my music and especially what was being played in my house from country being the main one, but my dad was always a huge rock and roll guy, being raised in the church too. Uh, Christian music was always a big one that was always in the car or in the home. So I think that those are always three big pivotal things that I pull from for my music. My first concert with my father was a Jeremy Camp and a Toby Mac concert at the old uh, Hershey Park Arena. I'll never forget that night. I don't really think that I ever thought that music truly was, you know, going to be my thing. Being an athlete my entire life, That is what my focus was on. There was one night I'd gone out with my parents to dinner. There was this girl playing live music. I raised my hand and said, I sing and play guitar. And it felt like in that moment that there was an angel who put their hand on my shoulder and said, you should go do this. And then I hopped on social media during the pandemic. There was one video that went viral and it was my cover of Nose on the Grindstone by Tyler Childers, who I absolutely love. See one of these days, you'll get out of these hills. Keep your nose. I would describe my music as, I think a good word is raw. I think raw and uncut. I think I definitely got some grit behind my voice. People like to joke about me eating rocks for breakfast, but I think my music is real. I think Wild Horse is a great way to start because it kind of talks about my life as a whole and kind of chasing this whole thing, this country music scene, this this lifestyle. The Wild Horse, your Wild Horse can be anything you need it to be in life. Um, in 2023, my bucket list actually in May, I'm opening up for George Strait, which is absolutely mind boggling. Um, someone who's truly inspired me and yeah, really surreal to even say those words to come out of my mouth that I'll be sharing the stage with him. First time playing in a stadium ever, which I'm really looking forward to as well. That's what I want to do. I want to play arenas and stadiums one day. But man, now more than ever, this next record I'm working on is going to be insane. The music, 
sense of vulnerability, the songwriting, it's different. It's never before seen with what I've done. I think that um, a lot of people are going to see a whole new side of me, and I'm excited to share it. Next week on the podcast, we're shining the spotlight on Madeline Edwards, who many of us first were introduced to when she joined Mickey Guyton and Brittany Spencer for that show-stopping performance of Love My Hair on the 2021 CMA Awards. She's since made her Grain Ole Opry debut and has been named an Amazon Music Breakthrough Artist to Watch for 2023. So my music is a blend of all of my influences. And so that means it's jazz because I, you know, grew up listening to jazz when I was really little. It's soul because once I got a little bit older, I started listening to, you know, James Brown and Etta James. And it's country because I also listened to Shania and Dolly. But it's just all of these things into this new genre that I feel like I'm kind of, you know, landscaping for myself. And so it's uh, very true to country at its core, but it's also just a huge mix of all these styles that have influenced me over time. Plus, we'll kick off Black History Month by introducing you to O.B. Clinton, an artist who released eight country albums in the 70s and 80s. Uh, I am looking forward to learning so much more about him. Do us a favor this week, share our podcast with a friend who likes country music. We want more people to join our Country Heat family. Some might say that our burning question at the end of the pod each week is a little, well, nosy sometimes. Listen, y'all, we're just doing a public service, getting information that you need. For example, you might not have any tattoos, but you might want one. But you, like Kelly and I, are scared of the pain. Well, <laughs> we're here to help you. This week's burning question asks the stars where their most painful tattoo is. Take it from Hardy, Zach Brown, L. King, Jackson Dean, and Keith Urban. These are the places you don't want to get inked. Uh, I have a really big tattoo of our my deer camp and like the lake behind it and all that up here and definitely around like the pit was really, really painful. It sucked. The one right in between my fingers, that may be nauseous. Like I felt like I was gonna throw up, but all the other ones are pretty comparable. Right in between your fingers is the worst. Ooh. Getting this name covered up on the middle of my chest. <laughs> yep. Probably up here, once it got up to the collarbone. The elbow is not great either. The ones on the neck, it's a little spicy there. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Rick Hamilton, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Tim Einenkel, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. This episode, essential production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com.
Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.